Welcome to episode 21 of Communicast, a communication skills podcast. I'm Scott D'Amico, president of Communispond, which is a global communication skills training organization. Today, I am talking with Carissa Carbon, who is a leadership coach and strategy execution consultant who has spent the last decade researching leadership, practicing leadership, and helping leaders step away from scarcity and hustle into abundance and fulfillment. Check out the episode to hear our discussion around how we need to really listen for what is not being said and why self-awareness is a critical skill for effective communication. I hope you enjoy. Carissa, thank you so much for joining me today. If you can, just to get us kicked off, maybe tell me a little bit about yourself, your career background, and really what you're working on today. Absolutely. You know, I'll say it's been a winding path for sure. Uh, I actually got my start in engineering and got a bachelor's in engineering and I finished school right around the 2008 financial crisis. There weren't a lot of opportunities. So I ended up in a PhD program also in engineering And, you know, I kind of hated every day of my life. Uh, I didn't like the research I was doing, didn't love the environment, but I had a really hard time walking away until I finally realized, you know, maybe there's more to life and maybe I don't want to corner myself into a field that I'm not actually that interested in. So I decided to switch uh, my career path and I moved into network engineering at Cisco Systems, if you're familiar with a large tech company and was really fortunate inside of Cisco to move around. Uh, We say one company, many careers. So I've done engineering, operations, uh, onboarding, training and enablement, customer success, you name it. And as I was on that journey, I really fell in love with leadership. I became incredibly passionate about studying leadership, understanding what we can do to become more effective leaders and to lead others in a way that really serves the people and the humans inside of organizations. Uh, And that passion was born out of great examples and terrible examples of leadership. But as we know, these days, people don't leave a company, they leave a leader. So now I work as a leadership coach, uh, really working with corporate leaders to help them become the true leaders of their own lives so they can lead others more effectively. Well, thank you for sharing that. That is definitely a winding path. <laughs> and kudos to you for really realizing that I'm not happy in this path. This isn't the right journey for me and making a change rather than just trudging through every single day and really finding something that sounds like you're really passionate about myself. I include that in that box in there as being passionate about leadership and leading people. One, it's just such an interesting topic, interesting career journey, but also just so rewarding. The impact that you can have on people through your leadership is just, for me, it's been one of the best parts of my career. I was very early on eager to move into people leadership and have loved it ever since, even with all of the trials and tribulations that you know, leading people can bring along with it. And you, you hit on something really good there was you learn from the good ones, but you also learn from the bad ones, the not so good ones. And that's a key thing with leadership, or really, I think anything in life is you always need to be learning, just soak up everything around you, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and learn from it. So with yeah. This career journey, you know, going in a number of different directions and especially working for a large organization like Cisco and having a lot of different 
roles there, you've, I am sure, encountered lots of people that are really good communicators, strong communicators, as we mentioned, probably not so much. Uh, but from your, your perspective and your career experience, when you hear that, that, that someone has strong communication skills or that they're a really great communicator, what does that look like to you? You know, I think for me, it's a willingness to look past just the words that are being said. I think that communication is so deep and complex. And when we think about how we communicate, it is truly words that help us convey our innermost thoughts, desires, and needs. So when I think of a great communicator, it's someone who really listens to what's being said, listens to the intent behind just the words, you know, not just looking at things at kind of the surface level. And then also someone who truly aims to understand the other person, right? We often hear that people kind of stop listening as soon as they are waiting for their chance to respond. So I think of someone who's a great communicator as someone who is really curious and really wanting to connect more deeply with that other person. Curiosity for me is a big part of both leadership and effective communication because it ties into one of the, the big components of wanting to understand that other person, their perspective, where they're coming from. So I think folks that have that natural curiosity tend to, I think, be better listeners, more effective communicators. You know, they may not always be the person that's doing the TED talk or up on stage giving the you know, rousing speech. But if you think of communication really beyond just those types of things, folks that really have that curiosity, they want to learn, they want to understand, are going to ask better questions, are really going to focus on active listening as part of that and ties into something else that you said there is really looking for the intent. Can you, can you talk a little bit more about that, the importance of focusing on the intent of the communication? Absolutely. You know, I think especially in today's political climate, let's say in the U.S. specifically, it really feels like oftentimes people are just listening in order to get offended, right? Mm -hmm. we, we latch on to one sentence or a particular phrase or a particular word that people use, and we want to sort of hijack those words and those phrases for our own agenda, for our own purposes. When really, if we can deepen into that curiosity and deepen into that desire to create connection, then we can listen to what's not being said, what's maybe being hinted at below the surface, or maybe someone is sort of clumsily stepping through their communication because mm -hmm. it's a new or uncomfortable topic for them. And so providing that space and that grace to say, you know, even if your words aren't perfect, I'm here to connect and I'm here to listen to what you truly mean. I think that just builds connection way more. Uh, I agree. And I think there are a lot of people out there that sometimes are nervous about whether speaking about a subject that is relatively new to them or just connecting with their people about, am I going to say the wrong thing? Am I going to come across one way or the other? But sometimes I think if you look at the intent, where really, where are they coming from, right? What's the true purpose of what they're trying to accomplish? Are they coming from a good place or maybe they're coming from a not good place? And we need to, to recognize that and address that and correct that. But really, when you do look at the intent and of the person's, I would even say just their, their history of, you know, are they coming, typically coming from the right place? 
it's just so important to, as you mentioned at the very beginning, get past you know just the the words, so to speak, because oftentimes there's a lot of meaning beyond the words. There's going to be meaning tied into the body language, the tone, all of those types of things, which in today's day with so much digital communication really is challenging when you layer email into all of this, where you can't pick up on the body language, the tone, any of that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely agree with that. And I think that especially in the world of heightened digital communication, especially through the pandemic, right? Everyone's been sort of isolated. I think we are desperate for connection more than ever before. We really need that connection to our fellow human beings. And so a willingness to really look at that intent and say, you know what, my, my intent is to connect and to understand as opposed to get my point across or to convince you that I'm right and you're wrong. So when it comes to communication, in addition to looking to see or understand that other person's intent, I think it's also really important that we check our own intentions. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Being self-aware is critical when it comes to communication. Understanding the other person is, is good, but if you lack that self-awareness around your communication style, how your messages are received from the audience, because that's ultimately the key, isn't necessarily what you put out there, but it is how it was received. Yep. Definitely having that self-awareness is key. And you know, when you think of the email communications, especially now we're bombarded with so much email, especially working at larger organizations, you just get email after email after email. Sometimes it's just you're frustrated with it and you're just trying to plow through it and you may respond to something too quickly. So being aware of, okay, am I in an email zone, so to speak, where I'm just trying to get through these for the sake of getting through them, but I'm not really taking my time to understand what this person was coming to. And then also not being aware of perhaps my tone going back, or it was very a short message because I was busy. I'm heading in between meetings. So there's just so many things to think about when it comes to modern communication and how it will be perceived by the, the reader. Absolutely. Yeah. Very complex. <laughs> from, from the work that you're doing now around leadership consulting, what would you say are some of the big skills that are really needed in the workplace today? Maybe it's specific to leaders, really just anywhere across, across the board there. What are some of the key skills that are, that are crucial today? You know, I think you already touched on one, Scott. I think self-awareness, while it may not seem directly related to communication, is foundational and really critical, in my opinion, because I think that what we know and what we're seeing as we really continue studying human psychology is the way we talk to other people is very often a consequence of how we're talking to ourselves. So for instance, if I tend to be really critical of myself, if I hold myself to a really high standard and I constantly feel like I'm falling short, I might be hard on myself and I might be negative and I may not intend it to come across, but the way that I'm talking to myself, the language that I use, the tone, the attitude, all of that will come across when I'm talking with other people. So I, as a leader, may be overly critical of someone's efforts, right? And I might think, well, I'm just holding them to the standard that I hold myself to, but they don't necessarily understand where you're coming from. And so I think that's why it's so important. And just to be happier and more fulfilled as a person, mm -hmm. it's really nice when we're kind to ourselves. And so I think that self-awareness, that 
willingness to go inside of ourselves. That's really what I specialize in helping leaders with is to go inward, to confront the stories, the expectations, the unresolved trauma that is influencing us and how we show up every single day. We start to go inward to say, what are those influences? Why am I showing up the way that I am? Why am I behaving? Why do I believe the way that I do? And when I can get really familiar with that and I get comfortable and confident in owning my voice and my truth, then how I show up and communicate with others will definitely change. Absolutely. And I love what you had hit on there about really understanding how you're in essence, talking to yourself, so to speak, and how you feel about yourself and how that's going to come across to others. And it just really reminds me of with, with my kids, you know, sometimes if another student maybe was, was picking at them or saying something to them, maybe they made fun of something. And we'll talk a lot about this. You know, oftentimes when somebody else is trying to bring you down, it's because they probably aren't feeling the best about themselves. So try not to, to take that personally. It's absolutely wrong to do that to bully, but just understanding that the reason they're trying to bring you down is they just, they're not feeling good about themselves. That's really important, especially as a leader. If you have just the, the negative thought or the self doubt for yourself, or you don't necessarily trust your decisions, probably someone like that's going to be a micromanager. They're going to be on not necessarily trusting their team or empowering their team to do those types of you know, tasks that really anyone should be able to do. So no, that is spot on with that. And if I think about self-awareness, for me, this is something that it takes practice. It takes a lot of hard work to become self-aware. Now, there's certain areas. So for example, with what we do at Communispond with communication skills, we do recording of people's presentations. So that's a quick way to understand that I say, um, all the time, or I fidget or I shift, but really starting to look inward in the self-awareness is, is challenging. But for me, whenever I find myself, you know, getting down or frustrated or just worried about things, if I can catch myself and just say, Hey, listen, you know, there's so many other things that are going right. I mean, don't just worry about what's going wrong or what start thinking about what's going right. It is amazing the impact that that has on just my outlook, my demeanor, everything for the rest of the day. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Perspective is everything. Chris, if you think about your journey, you talked about engineering, then going on for into a PhD of engineering, then moving over, working at Cisco, and then learning and training and onboarding and now leadership development. What would you say if you had to, to pinpoint it down to maybe one or two key communication skills that have really helped you to be successful throughout your career and get you to where you are today? What would those be? I think courage is one that comes to mind. I think that, you know, as we talk about the digital world and emails, it's so much easier to simply send an email and to simply blame others, right? Well, if they don't understand what I'm saying, that's on them. And, it, and to a certain extent it is, but I think having the courage to own, to hold myself accountable for the communication that we've had, the courage to show up vulnerably or openly and say, you know, that email that you sent uh, really hurt my feelings. <laughs> you know, that can, that can be really hard to admit, right? Especially in the workplace when we tend to glorify rational, logical, objective thought. We don't necessarily create a lot of space for emotion for those kind of vulnerable conversations and that type of communication. But I really think the courage to have those tough conversations has really been a game changer for me. 
even uh, when I think about getting feedback, right? You know, I have opened myself up repeatedly over and over to feedback from people. And I do subscribe to what you said earlier. Sometimes what people say about us is more a reflection of them than it is of us. But as we gather data and we get, get feedback from a variety of different sources, we can start to distill out what's consistent here. What are the themes, mm-hmm. right? And so I think courage is one. And then a willingness to adapt and to change, right? Not to dig my heels in and say, I'm right all of the time. A willingness to say, you know, this is my opinion or this is how I see it based on my own experience why don't you tell me your perspective? Because you have obviously a very different background than mine, mm-hmm. very different upbringing, very different lived experiences. So courage and then a willingness to adapt and lean into the complexity and the nuance of our communications and not thinking you're right, I'm wrong. It's black or white, right? The world is very gray and we have so much capacity for complexity that we often don't live into. Courage and adaptability, those are two great skills, and I'm sure that they've served you well, not only throughout your career, but likely over these past couple of years, which is so much change and so much uncertainty going on, and especially the adaptability. You know, As the, the world changed, the world of work has changed and is continuing to change, I think the people that have really come out on the other end of this stronger and better, those folks that really could adapt. They could adapt their leadership style. They could adapt their communication style if they're just now working remote and having to only rely on phone or video or email and moving away from in-person. So that adaptability is key. And if I think of courage, when you mentioned it, I'm like, huh, all right, courage is kind of a communication type skill, but there really is a strong tie in there when it comes for me, when it comes to communication, because sometimes just having that courage to say what you're say, what's on your mind, really defend your point, not necessarily dig in, right. I'm not going to you know plant this flag here and say, I'm going to die on this hill, but really defending your point. And what somebody on one of the recent episodes mentioned was don't hedge, mm-hmm. you know, don't hedge your communication. So we get a lot of communications. Well, I think maybe if we did this, we could see, they don't want to commit, have the courage to say, we need to do this because X, Y, and Z. So courage for me definitely ties in to communications as a, as a key point to be an effective communicator. As you think throughout your career, as you have developed this communication style that you have, you're know, going through, as we talked about, a winding career path, who's someone that has influenced you, whether it's someone you know personally or just a, a professional mentor or public figure, Who's somebody that has really influenced your style and what have you taken from them? The first person that immediately comes to mind is Brene Brown. I love everything that she has done. Uh, if anyone's a Harry Potter fan, I tend to joke that Brene Brown is my Patronus. Uh, hopefully that joke lands, but I love her style of communicating and I love the content of her research, right? I think transparency, vulnerability, leaning into our own emotions, leaning into how we can really connect with other people more deeply. And one of the things, uh, for instance, that I love in her work, her recent work, Atlas of the Heart, she talks about how the words that we have, the vocabulary we use to describe our emotions actually influences how we feel those emotions. So for instance, if we have 
a very oversimplified emotional vocabulary. You know, I'm either happy, sad, or mad. Mm -hmm. That really limits our ability to feel our emotions and then communicate what we're actually feeling with other people. So we may get frustrated that our needs aren't being met by our significant other, our boss, uh, our team member, whatever it is, but really leaning into our ability to create a more nuanced and varied vocabulary around what we want to convey, I think is so important. And again, words are always an approximation of what we're feeling, what we're thinking, but it is the medium that we have to communicate and connect with each other. So I believe the more words we have, the better off we are. No, I, I agree. You're really opening up the, the aperture, so to speak, on how we describe feelings can have a big impact. You know, once again, I, I go back to my kids a lot, just when talking about, you know, leadership and business, there's so many parallels just as you're talking with them around how they're feeling. You know, oh, I'm, I'm mad. Okay. Well, mad about what or why, and just getting them to express it more is, is a great tool to deescalate, but to really get that understanding, understand where they're coming from. Is it mad or is it frustration or is it, you know, disappointment, whatever it may be. So I think, you know, expanding the vocabulary around the feelings is important. And for me as a leader, what you hit on with transparency and vulnerability for me are huge. When you're communicating it, whether it's to a group or one-on-one -on -one with folks on your team, being transparent about what you're asking for or why you're doing things can make or break an organization. And especially during times of change. You know, throughout my career, these past couple of years have been some of the most tumultuous, I'd say probably the most, but even prior to that, working at a large organization that went through lots of changes, reorgs, restructures, and you know, always trying to lead my team through that, being as transparent as I could possible around, here's what I know, here's what we can do. I'm not 1000% certain of the future, but here's what I know today and here's what's most important for us today. When you have those very clear, transparent conversations, it really helps with engagement, motivation, and it lets people focus. It, it helps to knock some of the noise away. So they're not always wondering what if, what that, here's what we know, let's try to move forward. And then vulnerability, it's this idea of we're all humans, right? No one's made of steel, at least not yet. Now the robots haven't taken everything over yet and taken all the jobs, but we're all humans here we have things that are going on. And by showing vulnerability as a leader that you know I have this going on right now, I'm gonna take a day off to deal with this. I, I, I need to make sure things are, are right at home, right with my health, whatever it may be, that signals to the team that it is okay that you need to take care of yourself because I will tell you, if things aren't right at home, things likely aren't gonna be right at work, whether it is your health or your spouse or something's going on, whatever it is, really showing that vulnerability as a leader is modeling the right behaviors for people to focus on taking care of themselves so that they can ultimately take care of the business. hundred percent. Could not agree more. Carissa, as we wrap up here, what advice would you have for somebody, whether they are fresh out of school, new into the job market, maybe they're a budding entrepreneur or someone you know, mid-career, they're making a pivot, moving on to their next play. What advice would you have for them around communication skills and really the impact that they could have on their career? 
I think it's so important and such a great question. I think my biggest advice is to lean in and get messy. You know, I think that oftentimes, especially in a professional setting, we feel we have to wear these masks, right? Think about interviews and everyone's kind of showing up, putting on a certain air persona. And when I think about getting a job, one of the things I coach people on is to remember one, that it's a two-way conversation, right? You're evaluating them as much as they're evaluating you. But I think more importantly, the way that you show up in an interview is how you'll be expected to show up on the job if you get hired. And mm -hmm. so that's where I really encourage not uh, not complete transparency. That doesn't mean, you know, stream of consciousness, word vomit by any means. <laughs> but in terms of that transparency and authenticity, I think it's really important because as we become more authentic, as we honor ourselves and we listen to that inner voice that we each have, as we close the gap between our internal world and our external persona or how we show up, the more joy, fulfillment, excitement, and creativity we experience. The larger that gap is between who we really are and who we feel we're supposed to be or how we have to show up, the larger that gap is, the more pain and suffering we're gonna cause for ourselves, which will spill out and create pain and suffering for those around us. So I really just encourage you to lean into being fully human. Uh, we are not robots, as you said. We are messy, we are complex. And I think looking at the last few years, when I think about one of the hopefully beautiful outcomes of the pandemic, is a paradigm shift away from quick fixes, easy solutions, and kind of superficial communication, and really leaning more deeply into the fullness and the full spectrum of the human experience. I love it. it for me, if I, I would boil it down, it really comes down to authenticity. Really just focus on being yourself, because when you try to just be someone you're not, it's going to cause tension and frustration internally, like you said, it's going to spill over into your communications with teams, leaders, clients, whatever it may be, really focus in on being authentic. Just because your leader is super positive and bubbly and, and outgoing and upbeat, you don't necessarily need to mirror that in all of your interactions and try and be that person. Because if that's not your personality, that's not your default style, that is exhausting to do that. You know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a very upbeat, positive outlook type of person. When, if ever I have to try and scale that back and just not be so, it, it's, it's frustrating. It's a struggle for me and it just drains me. So really focus in on, yeah, lean in. I love you said, lean in, get messy, be yourself and show up as to who you actually are. Yeah. And I think one extra point to kind of piggyback on that is, I think so often these masks that we wear or the way we show up is in an attempt to be validated, right? To prove that we're worthy and we have value. And so I just want to remind you and every single other person out there that you are worthy. You are valuable. We don't have to accomplish anything or do anything. There's no way to achieve worthiness, right? It, it is inherent because we are here. We are alive. So mm -hmm instead of trying to prove ourselves or put on those masks or personas, I think coming from that belief and that knowing that we are worthy and we do deserve to be authentic can really help us in the courage and confidence department to actually be authentic. 
I love that. And it reminded me of one of my favorite books, The Happiness Advantage by Sean Aker. Mm-hmm. And it you know, challenges you know, the, the old adage of, okay, I'm going to be successful. I'm going to get the job. I'm going to get the promotion. And then I'll be happy. But all the research that he has, has done is the, the people that really focus on being positive and gr- grateful and happy. That's what leads to success. So absolutely. Yep. Carissa, thank you so much for joining me today. Really enjoyed the conversation. I hope you have a great day. Thanks, Scott. Really uh, grateful to be here. It was an honor. So thank you so much for your time. A special thanks again to my guest, Carissa Carbon. Carissa really nailed it when she talked about adaptability, especially as it pertains to communication and being open to others' ideas and perspectives. If you always just dig in and defend your point till the end, you really run the risk of making mistakes and missing out on good opportunities. As always, if you haven't done so, please be sure to subscribe to Communicast so that you can be notified of new episodes. Thanks and have a great day.